Hey folks, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast, where we share stories and insights from everyday fighters just like you. Today, I'm speaking with Vanessa Adrians. Vanessa is an attorney and an amateur boxer. Um, she gets into her story of how she got into boxing, but also how it has transformed her life in every way possible. Uh, she's really enthusiastic. You, you'll hear it in her voice how excited she is and uh it's it's really catching, so I hope you uh, you enjoy the episode. But before we get into it, I want to jump into our episode spotlight. As a reminder, these spotlights are unsponsored. These folks have no idea who I am. Uh, they definitely have no idea that I'm doing this. But every once in a while, I run into organizations or individuals that I feel are doing great things in the world, and I just want to share what they're doing. Uh, today, I want to talk about the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Now, this is an organization that is available free of charge to anybody that needs help, particularly those that um, are victims of domestic violence. Um, they have a hotline that's available in over 200 languages. So they have experts and advocates uh, available. Um, they can be reached at 1-800-799-SAFE. That is 1-800-799-7233. They also have a website that has a chat feature uh, that's available as a resource as well. And that can be reached at thehotline.org. Um, that is it for today's spotlight. Let's jump into our conversation with Vanessa Adrians. Uh, in a log cabin that my dad built <laughs> yeah um in a tiny tiny town called sandwich it's 1200 people and 100 square miles <laughs> um so there's nothing there but i grew up um doing a lot of outdoor sports skiing swimming scuba diving um and then i went to boarding school for high school um and i was a rower there i was a competitive rower through high school and college um, so I didn't come to boxing until much, much later. Um, when I was about 35, um, I was at work and one of my friends in my office, I'm a lawyer, interviewed someone to come work in our office as a summer associate. And this woman had on her resume under her address that she boxed. And so of course my friend came like sprinting down the hallway and was like, Hey, we got to check this out. She asked her about it and it turned out she had gone to uh, city of angels in downtown LA. Um, and my friend was like, we got to check this out. And so she did all the legwork. I went with her, um, and they had classes on heavy bags, like group classes on heavy bags. I mean, your first class was free and they, you could borrow equipment. And so we started doing that and I did that for maybe probably two years. And I really loved it. It was great workout. And I was just doing it like to work out. I wasn't planning on getting in the ring. And then I met Zach Woolman, um, who you may or may not be familiar with, but he's a pro fighter. Um, he, well, uh, he fought out of wild card and um, he came, he was currently fighting at the time and came and started teaching classes and he was teaching really more sort of actual boxing technique. Um, like, okay, you know, you got to put your hands back up, even though the bag's not going to hit you back. <laughs> if there were someone there, they would. So bring your, bring your hand back, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought like, Oh, this is sort of interesting. There's some more to sort of learn here. And so I kind of screwed up my courage and asked him if I could spar one time with this other woman in the class, a girl named Ashley. I was like, can Ashley and I get it? And she had never been in the ring before either. And he said, absolutely not. That is not happening. 
no way, no how, not on my watch. And I kind of deflated. And then he was like, look, you idiot lawyer, if you really want to find out what this is about, you really want to get in, um, I'll get in with you. And you're like, I will hit you. I will not drop you, but like, I I will hit you back. Like, do you want to get in with me? And I was like, great, let's do it. And then he, of course, promptly forgot about it. He said, go get a mouth guard. We'll do it. Forgot about it. Weeks go by. I keep pestering him. Finally, he's like, all right, fine. Next, next class on Monday, we'll do this. And so I show up on Monday with like my brand new fresh mouth guard, you know, that I bought at Sports Authority and fitted. It's like, I got a mouth guard. Like, let's do this. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. So we wait until after it's like 9 p.m. Classes are all over. He like goes and finds some old headgear in some corner of the gym, like greases me up. Um, I didn't even know about grease. I didn't know what grease was for. And so I was like, what is happening? What is he doing to me right now? Um, we get in and he says, how many rounds do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, three, which obviously was the wrong answer. Right. (laughs) The right answer is one. (laughs) Um, and so he's like, all right, well then you're finished in three. Like, and so we got in, I made it all the way through all three rounds on my feet, like finished one of the other guys in the class cornered me. Um, and we got out. I was like, you've got to teach me. You have got to train me. I love this. This is the best thing I've ever done. You've got to train me. And he was like, all right, fine. So that's sort of how it all started. And uh, he is now my best friend in the world. I've got nine amateur fights. I train out a wild card now. So that was that was the beginning. That's how I got into fighting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> back there. My goodness. Well, yes, well you ha- that, that first inter- introduction to it uh, with, uh, with your coworker there. Yeah. Um, what, was it just about novelty then of like boxing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just like, like, I was always sort of up for, you know, whatever silly workout anyone had, like I'd done the office stair climb team, and we'd go hiking. So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm a sporty person, I'll like take a crack at anything, you know, and I kind of thought it'd be a one off sort of thing. And I was terrified. Mm. Like I walked into when I walked into that gym, I was like, this is a boxing gym. And this is all like tough and badass. I was totally terrified. And it was like in a warehouse by the LA river. There was graffiti all over the place. Like it was very cool looking. And I was like, I'm not this cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, when I went to wild card, I was terrified all over again. <laughs> mm. Like I remember walking, I was supposed to meet Zach for the first time at wild card. Um, and I parked in the parking lot there and I was afraid to go inside. I literally texted him from the parking lot. Like, can I come inside? Hmm. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, come inside. And I don't know if you, have you been to wildcard? Do you know what the sort of setup is there? No, Great. no, I haven't. So it's on the second floor of this like strip mall in Hollywood uh, at Santa Monica and Vine. And so there's these metal stairs that go up back. And so I like went up the stairs, you know, Freddie Roach is there all the time. And so I walk in already terrified and come like, nose to nose with Freddie. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? What is happening right now? <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you'd, you'd grown up doing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you had some, some good, um, presuming you, you had some good control and, and, uh, and you know, how you knew how your body worked. Um, was there a, a transition for you, even like for the, for that first part of like learning boxing, just against the heavy bag, for for you? Oh yeah, for sure. It's I mean, boxing is not like anything else. Um, as you know, I mean, you need it is necessary but not sufficient to have a good athletic background, you know. Um, so definitely the fact that I had been an athlete all my life, at least I was sort of in shape and I knew that I could, you know, I knew that my body would hold up to things. Um, but even hitting the heavy bag, I had the first time I hit the heavy bag, I had no idea how hard it was gonna be. Mm. Um and hitting the heavy bag is of course exhausting. <laughs> 
it's like you if you've never fought before and you watch people fighting like on tv or in the movies like they kind of go forever and no one gets sweaty and no one gets tired but Man, you hit a heavy bag for three minutes and like you are sweaty and out of breath, particularly when you don't know how to sort of control yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was definitely a big, big change. And then of course, again, when you go from that to actually sparring and fighting, um, you need to have all the adrenaline from someone else hitting you back Mm -hmm. and your heart rate is through the roof and uh, it takes a while to learn to control that. Absolutely. And also I'd only done racing sports, which are, you know, it's going to go in a straight line and it's not the same as having to really have control of yourself in the way that you do when you're in the ring. Mm. Um, you got like an apparatus there. It's, it's, it's a different, well, probably a different context as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's like when you're in a boat, like, yeah, you're working really hard, but you're only, <laughs> when you're rowing, you're, there's not a lot of space for you to move. There's not a lot of variation. You're doing the same thing for however long that race is, whether it's a sprint or, you know, a three mile race. So, you know, for 15 minutes or seven minutes, whatever, you're just doing the same thing. Mm. <laughs> that is not the case with boxing mm. at all. <laughs> well, even even when you started just doing the heavy back, was there was there was there an a feeling of like kind of internal competition for you, or was it more of like kind of that that oh this is like a novelty oh let me try it and and what what was the thing that kind of kept you in and got you know going with it? I think it was. I mean, I think it was a lot of things. I think I am tremendously competitive. Mm. <laughs> So that for sure. Um, and um, I mean, it feels good to hit something like it just does. Um, like it, it's just a great feeling. Mm. So that, and then just sort of being curious, I think about, you know, what I could do and whether or not I could do it. I think this sort of ties into the thing we we're talking about women's boxing, especially, you know, I had walked around my whole life. I had never been hit in the face. Right. Like, which is easy to do, I think, in 2019, if you, particularly if you grow up as a girl. But I think even now, you know, more so, even boys are not, like, getting in schoolyard fights the way they used to, mm. which is maybe a good thing. But, you know, I'd gotten to be 35 years old, and I'd never been hit, literally. And I didn't know what would happen to me if someone hit me. Mm. And so to, ha- to get the answer to that question, that like, oh, if you get hit in the face, you're okay, mm. was a pretty remarkable thing. It really changes the way you view the world. Um, again, particularly as a woman where, you know, women do tend to kind of walk around looking over their shoulders, right? And, you know, wondering what's going to come at them. You're a little bit more on guard, I think, than, than men are. And so to know if someone grabs me, if someone takes a swing at me, yeah, it's not ideal, but I'm okay. Mm. It's not going to kill me. Mm. Um, is a really powerful thing to know about you yourself um really kind of change the way i move through the world all the time Hmm. well you talk about i mean even just the feeling of hitting the bag and it it just feels good right yeah we're we're, did you have kind of a because even even to me growing growing up like the the mantra had been especially in school like hey hitting is a bad thing you know expressing yourself in that way is a bad thing and you know it could be arguable as to whether that's good or not that right, we allow our kids to have little scraps every once in a while. But I mean, I, I know for, for uh, some folks that, that, um, that come into our gym, I'm like, uh, you know, it takes them a while to kind of just get comfortable. Okay. Let me, let me do this. Right. And even for, for, especially for women, mm-hmm. I just had two new, uh, two new ladies in this, this past week. And I, I teach at a martial arts gym here and mm-hmm. The mantra through the rounds was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm right, sorry. yeah. <laughs> right? But it, was that something that you had uh, to overcome in yourself? 
So I weirdly did not, and I don't know what this says about me that I didn't. Um, I didn't think about this at for a long time, but I remember that very first day of sparring, um, as I was getting greased up and getting, you know, geared up everything, Zach saying to me, he didn't ask me if I'd ever been hit before. He said, have you ever hit anyone before? Mm. And that, like, that was the question. And I'm sure like going to this exact point, right. And at the time I said no, which was true, but I didn't really think about it. Um, and I weirdly did not have a problem throwing punch to anybody. So that may say something about, about me. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I was always fine with that. Hmm. But even like, uh, um, when you're, when you're hitting the bag, um, you say you did it for a couple of years that you're doing that, that heavy bag type of training. Did you have it in your head in terms of a context of like, I'm hitting somebody in the face right now, or I'm hitting somebody in the body or you no. Know? <laughs> I mean, I think that I, like I did, and I didn't, you know, I had that kind of um, like idea that people get, you know, when, you, when you're watching action movies or whatever, and you have this sort of fantasy of like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm beating somebody up. But I obviously didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> so it was not actually accurate that I would have actually been doing any damage to anybody, you know, sure. it's like, in truth, I was kind of flailing around and throwing terrible punches and slapping and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think everyone has that sort of like action movie reel in their head, right? Sure. <laughs> so I definitely had that. Um, and I definitely did that thing where it's like, think about whoever, you know, whoever made you mad at work today or whatever fight you've been in with someone or, and like, I got divorced just like a year and a half, two years ago. So like I had that sort of whole situation throughout um, as I was learning to fight as well. So that played into the, into the thoughts as well. <laughs> but I mean, like I, I, even with that, I mean, we all have our fans. I mean, I, I knew growing up, uh, Bruce Lee was a big uh, deal for me. And, you know, yeah. a lot of those, uh, you know, kind of Kung Fu type movies or whatever. It's a fantasy and it's, it's, there's a kind of, it's almost sterile in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, there's, it's you can kind of let it play out, but there's no real sense of there's no gravitas to it. There's no danger to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it does feel different. I think more so when it's when you're actually sparring than when it's the bag. But yeah, that feeling of like the first time you have that feeling of a the first time you hurt somebody, the first time you give someone a black eye or a bloody nose, mm. right? Like that's a real moment. And then the first time you have not just that because you know you can land a lucky punch and give someone a black eye or have fairly balanced sparring, but the first time you have that feeling of like oh, I am beating this person up. Mm. Like the first time you get that feeling is a really big moment, I think. That's kind of a watershed moment, yeah. um, which, again, I don't know what this is about me, that I was like, ooh, like this is fun. <laughs> but, I mean, that said, um, you know, I broke one of my coach's noses a couple years ago, um, yeah, who I'm really good friends with, and he had recently had surgery to get it fixed because he broke it like seven times and he literally recently had it repaired and then got back in sparring sooner than he should have. Mm. And I rebroke it. Mm. And part of me was like, yeah, I broke Javier's nose. Like go you. And then part of me felt terrible because he was in a lot of pain and like spent the night in the hospital. And it was like, Oh geez. Like, (laughs) so I was conflicted about that. You know, Mm. Mm. it's, it's a hard thing to sort of reconcile yourself to. Um, and I mean, luckily I haven't heard you given anyone any more serious injuries, nor have I had any more serious ones, but, um, I think that would be a little bit harder if you had that, like if you like concussed one of your sparring partners, Mm. like that, um, in particular, because I think this is the thing people don't get about, like people who don't fight i mean you as you know you you are really close to the people you spar with in particular like those are really strong powerful relationships and you really care about those people a lot i mean most of my closest friends are people i know from the gym and people that i have hit in the face and vice versa (laughs) so yeah it's it's an interesting um it's an interesting dynamic 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and then they try to you try to describe kind of um, the the environment, what you do um, to somebody completely unfamiliar to it, right? It's like, oh yeah, right. we get together and we hit each other. It's so like, whoa, really? <laughs> and, and, right. and, and like, and like, there's some there's to do it properly. There's got to be some intent in there, right? It's like right. I'm yeah. going to do this to this person. Right. And who I I adore. (laughs) Right. Like the Mike Tyson, like throw a punch with bad intentions kind of thing. But yeah, you, you do or else it doesn't, it's not really effective. Like nobody gets out of it what they're, they're looking for. Right. Yes. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, But it's also people do also ask me, well, like you're not really trying to hurt somebody when you're, and I'm like, no, yeah, I am. (laughs) But I feel like like people don't really understand that. Like people who don't fight are like, oh, well, no one's actually trying to, to do any damage. You're not really hitting that hard. And, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the, to the in, intent of it, right? It's because if you're looking, you know, you've been training and it's like, okay, this is what, this is the idea I have in my head for like what I'm doing to this, say a heavy bag. Mm-hmm. The, the heavy bag doesn't give you any feedback, you know, other than, okay, you made contact, right? Right. The fact of like, okay, oh, wow, that person kind of buckled a little bit. That's, there's some, there's some feedback there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when you hear the person like, Ugh, like making <laughs> the body or whatever, or, or if you see them bleeding. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, I want to go a, a little bit to what, to what you brought up as far as like actually hitting some, somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you said like, it came fairly easy to you. Cause I mean, like, it sounded like you, you were on a mission. You knew what you, you had to do. <laughs> But was there any, were there points uh, that you can recall where it, it's like, wow, there's some weight to this now that I actually have this power in my hands? Um, yeah, I, for sure. Um, I mean, I think that it, like both ways, it makes you realize both that you have this power and also um, sort of how little power you have, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, again, I think because people, at least I had this sort of, you know, action movie fantasy reel in my head, right? And you both realize that you can do damage to someone and also um, how strong, like people will say to me again, like, oh, like you can, you can beat up the guys, I'm sure. And I'm like, no, you don't understand how much stronger men are than women. Mm. And, you know, believe me, like that does not thrill me, but it's just the truth. Like Mm. I am not beating up a guy unless he is significantly smaller than me. Mm. Um, Like that's, and that's just the truth. Um, So I think you realize it both ways. you know, and it affects how you, how you handle yourself both at the gym and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Were there time, I mean, you mentioned that you, that, 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 with the, with your, uh, with your coach, when you broke his nose that you felt pretty, yeah. pretty bad about that. Yeah. Um, how, how do you handle it typically out, if, if you're with like a friend or somebody or somebody that's quite frankly, that's, that might be new. Yeah. Like they, they're not, they're not sure what to expect. And then now it's like, Hey, they got a little something from, from Vanessa here. <laughs> Like what, what is that, what is that dynamic like? I mean, I think that, um, certainly, um, if I have someone new in particular, you know, um, I'm obviously not going to like blast away at somebody brand new. Um, you know, in part because you, know, you were talking about sort of like passing this down to the people who were a day, a week, a month, a year behind, behind me and your daughters, all that kind of stuff. You know, people did that for me, obviously people who had way more experience than I did, got in the ring with me, worked with me, hit me hard enough so that I learned something, but did not just, you know, flattened me, uh, did not make me not want to come back. And so I am cognizant of sort of paying that forward. And, 
I think there's a line, you know, you have to hit somebody hard enough. And, and some people are just not They're They're going to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is, I don't, this is no good. Um, so you have to test them a little bit, but that said, you can't just crack somebody brand new. Um, it's not a, not a good thing to do. It's not fair to them. You don't get anything out of it. Um, and it's not sort of paying that debt forward, uh, that, you know, that people have done for me. So um, I am conscious of that. Um, it also does take a while to sort of learn that control, I think, you know, um, and certainly it's something that I'm still working on as well, but I am certainly conscious of it when I get someone who's, but then also you never know, like as one of my coaches say, don't sleep on anybody. You know, you get someone who maybe says they're kind of green or has fewer fights than you. And sometimes those people are a, sometimes they're way better than, than their resume might suggest. Mm. B, sometimes like people who don't know, have a lot of experience will do kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. And every once in a while, crazy stuff lands. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like you expect a one, two, and then you get like a one and an uppercut. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> True. So. <laughs> um, it's, have you been on the other side of that coin, though? Like uh, in terms of like you, you mentioned, okay, there's some people that – they go into it, maybe they last for a little and they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is not for me. Or like, have you, were there times when you questioned you, you know, being there? Um, so I definitely have had bad days of bad days, sparring, bad fights, like all of that. Um, I, I've never felt like I wanted to quit. Um, I always was sort of in it. And from day one, I, like I kind of like fell in love with boxing so hard right off the bat. Um, I never thought about leaving um i did have moments after i lost so i my first two fights were in a tournament and i won the first fight and then i lost the second one and it was in north carolina so i was very far from home (laughs) um and i had this moment where i was like i i honestly thought that that i was not going to be allowed back to the gym like i like i thought that i was gonna like no one was gonna speak to me again that i had just like ruined all of my friendships and relationships i remember like getting out of the ring and just I cried for like an hour. Like I was a hot mess. Um, but I wanted to go back. And actually when I talked to Zach, who was training me at the time, you know, I like months, years later, I said, when did you know that I was sticking with this? When did you stop writing me off as like this dumb pudgy lawyer who's, you know, going to quit? And I thought he was going to say like, oh, after I've been training you for a couple of months or when you told me that you wanted to fight or when you came with me to wild card. And he said, no, when you came back after losing that fight, mm. that's when I knew you were not quitting. Mm. <laughs> like that was the thing. So, um, but other than that, I've had definitely terrible days of sparring. Um, I've definitely like, gotten out of the ring and cried. I've definitely like bled all over the place for hours mm. and all that. So <laughs> a lot of times, especially in, in these combat type of, sports and and hobbies if you will <laughs> so much so much emphasis is put on just the the injury the physical aspect of it, the blood and you talk about oh the black eyes and that type of thing but a lot of times that you know very rarely i'd say or like probably not enough um is the idea of that emotional aspect of it yeah right? yeah having having yeah, to no. deal with that and kind of going through that what was that what's that like for you Yeah, I think that's definitely right. I mean, I think it really does. um, It has a really powerful emotional effect that that nobody talks about. Um, People do really focus on the the blood and the bruises. And uh, A, because you have such strong emotional ties with the people that you train with and spar with, or at least I always have. Um, So that was really powerful for me. And again, it really sort of 
gave me a much better idea of the person that I was and how tough or not I was and sort of where my weak spots were. Like you really get to know yourself. Mm. Um, and so I, that was something to like good and bad. Uh, and so that was definitely something that I wrestled with a lot and thought about a lot um, because I did learn a lot about myself. I mean, again, like including the fact that I was in a really terrible marriage that I had to get out of mm. <laughs> like that. I, like I did not get divorced because of boxing, mm. but without boxing, I'm not sure how much longer it would have taken. Um, and I definitely figured out a lot of things in the ring and in like the aftermath of, of fighting um, that got me out of that relationship. So um, I learned a ton about myself, just in, again, like how tough I was and, um, and like also sort of what real good relationships looked like. Um, you know, all of a sudden I had these good relationships with the people that I knew from the gym and I realized that was not what I had in the rest of my life. <laughs> like that they were just night and day. So, and uh, my husband was very anti-boxing and like hated everything about it. So, hmm. and really couldn't wrap his brain around the emotional part of it. Like after I lost that first fight, he was like, great, you're done fighting. You can pay attention to me again now. <laughs> I was like, no, like I need to go sit in a closet for three days and process everything that has just happened to me and everything that I've just done before I can even have a conversation with you, you know? Um, and he couldn't get that. So that's interesting. I mean, cause again, I, I think about people from the outside and listening to this and it's like boxing and your marriage, how could those two things get, get intertwined and how, how could you, because it's easy to compartmentalize them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But the fact that you, you know, your time in the rain, the time in your, in your gym gave you, what would you say? Like in terms of like your, your relationship. I mean, I think that a, like I said, it gave me other relationships that were all of a sudden I was like, Oh, this is what it looks like to have people actually care about me and not mm. just care that I'm paying their mortgage. You know, that mm. for one thing. Um, and again, for another, it was, really showed me that I, I like I could make it through a tough situation and also that I could do things that were not necessarily sort of in the script for like 35 year old lawyer, like, you know, going out and fighting amateur fights when you were a 35 year old big law firm lawyer is not in the standard script. It's not what you're supposed to do. People look at me like I'm crazy. You know, I would show up at depositions and in court with a black eye and people would be like, this <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so it sort of gave me a way to realize that I could kind of build whatever sort of life that I wanted to and that I didn't have to sort of follow the script. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't, and it was like, I had like, my husband was not, he was not like, you know, abusive. He was not like, it was like, on the surface, he was fine. And it was like, that doesn't, I gotta have to put up with that. I gotta have to put up with all the other crap just because there's nothing like obviously horrendous here. Um mm. You know, like I am miserable and so I can move on from this, even if he's not punching me in the face, which by the way, I really wished he would have done because it turns out that if, <laughs> if your spouse abuses you, you don't have to pay them spousal support in California. <laughs> but um, so, yeah. And then also, again, I think a lot of it was the relationships like, um, you know, he, like he never wanted, to, he wouldn't, was always irritated at my friendships from the gym and didn't like any of my boxing friends and was always like, why are you spending so much time with this when you could be like sitting at home with me, like watching TV? And I was like, it's not, 
I, like, I don't want to do that. Um, and I also don't want you to be a jerk to people that I care about, who are frankly the people who are going to take me to the emergency room if need be. Mm. Like, you should be nice to these people. Mm. <laughs> They're going to call 911 if I get a concussion, mm. you know? <laughs> so um, I think it was all that. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you, I really like what you're saying, that it, it, it wasn't – well, one, you had the wherewithal to actually do it, quite frankly. I mean, <laughs> regardless of whether it was just initially novelty or like, oh, yeah, it's a way to get in shape or that type of thing. But the fact is, you know, that really isn't – and even well, now, it's, it's more of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of gone a little bit more mainstream. A lot of, a lot of like places were doing kind of boxing-type stuff even online. Right. But um, the fact that it um, – it isn't on the script, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then it, 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 seeing yourself like, oh yeah, it's, I can do something that uh, that is unexpected, not only by other people's standards, but probably by yours, I'd say, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was definitely, if you had asked me, you know, 10 years ago or when I was in high school, whatever, if this was going to be my life, I would have never believed you, you know, um, it never would have occurred to me. Um, but that was a great thing. And it's, again, it sort of opened my eyes to just having the ability to kind of, I was always very cautious and very sort of risk averse. And I still am to some degree. I mean, lawyers are sort of by nature risk averse, right? Like that's our job to assess risk and and mitigate it. Um, but to sort of accept my own judgment and trust myself a little bit more and to know that that like I basically am not an idiot. <laughs> so if I look at something and think, you know, I want to do this and I think this can work, I can probably trust that assessment and that it's worth sort of taking a smaller chance, like even, or just making the extra effort and making it happen. Like even uh, a year ago, I was going to go visit a friend who lives in Barcelona and I had like planned the trip and bought the plane tickets. And like a week before I was supposed to get on the plane, I realized that my passport was not good for long enough. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. And it was one of those deals where I had like, it wasn't expired, but you know how you need a certain amount of time left on your passport to go to a particular country. So I didn't have enough time left on it to get in and out of Spain uh, according to their, their laws. And like me before boxing would have been like, well, this is impossible. Like this is too hard. I like, I don't think I can solve this problem. Like this is just going to be like so many hoops to jump through. And like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I was like, no, I can do this. I can solve this problem. I can, get myself to the federal building. I can drive all over LA and collect the paperwork and I can get this done. And of course I did. And I went to Spain and it was amazing. Um, or like uh, later last year, I had said I wanted to leave the country twice during the year. It had been like my new year's resolution. And I got to December and I hadn't left the country again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going somewhere. Um, I'm going to do this. Even if it's, you know, it's not going to be, you know, two weeks in, you know, Southeast Asia or whatever, but I'm going somewhere. Um, and so like, I bought a plane ticket to, uh, to Calgary and I went skiing by myself for a weekend in Banff and it was fantastic. And it's something that I never would have thought to do before. Like I never would have just trusted myself to be like, yeah, like, you can figure this out. You can do this by yourself. You can buy the plane tickets. You can rent the car. You can go skiing on your own. You'll be fine. Um, and I had a fantastic time and I'm so glad I went. So um, it just sort of spread into other areas of my life that like, yeah, you can go do things. You can, you know, you don't need someone to go with you. You don't need someone to help you. Um, you like you're smart enough. You have the resources. You can make things happen if you want to. Mm-hmm. 
it's you know I, I like what you say the kind of like spilled over. I mean, it, it, I think when you do something so transformational for yourself in in one area, you can't help but to, to get into uh, to others, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it really has affected every area of my life. From I, I mean, again, it just changed the way that I sort of move through, through the world, the way I interact with people, the way I see myself, and it's. I struggle with uh, deciding whether it changed me or just made me sort of realize who I have been all along, you know? <laughs> and I, I prefer to land on the ladder. <laughs> that it was just sort of, because like I, I know that I have talked to old friends of mine. I have friends that I've had, you know, my whole life or since high school or whatever. And when I talk to them about boxing and when I talk to them about sort of the way I live my life now, they... Yes, like this is the person that we know. This is what we would have expected from you. Um, whereas my ex-husband was very much, he would say like, who are you? What's happening now? I, this doesn't make any sense. Um, the people who've known me longer than that um, are all like, yeah, this is, this is right. This, this is the Vanessa that we've known. <laughs> like, it didn't surprise them that this is where no. you're at. Or like, even if the specifics, like, even if they're like, okay, we wouldn't have thought you were going to box, but all the rest of it doesn't surprise them. They're like, okay, well, if this is going to be the thing, it's not surprising that, you know, you would go at it gung-ho, that you would love it, that you would make a bunch of friends doing it, um, sort of all the pieces and parts that went with it, Mm. even if the particular avenue is surprising to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I really like what you're saying, though, in that, uh, you know, is it one or the other in terms of did boxing change you or did it just, you know, allow you to rediscover who you really were anyway or allow, allow you to let that out? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, that's something that I, I keep wrestling with. And I've actually, so I've been working on a book about my whole sort of boxing experience and in working on that, um, at, like I, like I said, I sort of landed on, I think it's more, it revealed both the good and bad parts of myself than that, because it also, like I said, reminded me that I'm super competitive to a kind of pathological degree. (laughs) And I always have been, but man, like boxing will bring that out in spades, (laughs) you know? Um, So that kind of thing, or that, um, you know, like that losing that fight almost like really kind of broke me for a minute. Um, That kind of thing. Like that was not my best moment (laughs) for sure. I've had, Moments of sparring that have been really ugly, right? Um, like those are not my proudest moments. Uh, so both ways, um, and and those are sort of like aspects of my personality that I've kind of known about. Um, and even you know when I was a kid, like I went to boarding school as a kid, right? And when I went off to boarding school, like people would ask me, you know, like are you sad to leave home? Are you homesick when you're 14? And I was like, no, like like let's go. Like I'm here for this. Um, so it was a sort of similar, like I was ready to take the leap at that point in my life. And then, uh, you know, as I like got into sort of professional life, I lost that sort of willingness to, to jump into things and now I've kind of found it again. Do you think a, a bit of that came as a result of the career path that you chose for yourself? Because you're saying like, Hey, it's, it's about like l- reducing or at least mitigating risk. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that definitely has something to do with it. Um, for sure. I mean, the legal profession, a, like, like I said, is very much about, you know, mitigating risk and, and also dealing with things when they go wrong. Right. I mean, I'm a litigator. So anyone who calls me, it's like something has gone wrong. <laughs> you do not find yourself in court unless something has gone awry. Right. Um, and also, you know, the legal profession is very high stress. Um, law school is expensive. Like you spend a lot of money on your education you come out of it feeling like, okay, I've like, I got to make this work. Like, I don't have a lot of other options. You kind of narrowed your path. And also it does have a really specific 
path and track that you're kind of supposed to follow. Um, so yeah, I think I did kind of fall into that and that did help sort of shunt me off away from making those jumps and taking those chances. And again, you know, like I moved to LA sort of not knowing anybody, not knowing the city, um, right after law school, after Hurricane Katrina, because I went to school in New Orleans. So I kind of came out of all that craziness and trauma looking for stability and kind of really doubled down on the stability, you know, to my detriment, as it turns out, although I didn't realize it at the time. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the thing initially, well, at the time you think this is really what I want, but sometimes it's easy to fall in the trap of like, this is what I want forever, as opposed to this right. is what I want f- and what is what we need to have ha- needs to happen for right now. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Like just because it's the right thing for now, that doesn't mean it's permanent, but it's, you don't always realize that um, you think like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm doing forever. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, because you know, it's, it's the same way, like when you're sparring or in the ring, it's like, okay, this is my plan initially for one reason or another, maybe you studied tape, but, or maybe it's like, okay, well, this is just what I'm going to go into, but two seconds, two rounds in, <laughs> you got right? to start pivoting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you never know. It's like um, the second tournament I fought. So um, the the girl that I fought in the finals, I had watched her preliminary fight the previous day and she had, she'd fought one way. And it's like, I talked to my coach. It was the same guy whose nose I broke. And we're like, all right, we saw her fight. We know how she fights. Like, here's the game plan. And then I got in the next day and she did the complete opposite. <laughs> and so it was like okay well that game plan goes out the window and like just work work with what's in front of you uh but you know we had sat down and like game planned everything out based on what we had seen and then none of it happened to be the truth so so yeah (laughs) yeah it's definitely like a uh it's it's a microcosm of like life at the time sometimes life actually happens that quickly as well but you know well you know the um the joyce you've read joyce carolotz's book on boxing i'm sure right no Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Well, so it's a great book altogether, but she's got this, um, this is an more or less, she says, um, boxing isn't a metaphor for life. Life's a metaphor for boxing. Mm. And I always find that I think it's really smart and I think it's more or less right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like boxing or fighting. I think you could expand it to like fighting sports, but like that's kind of the core of everything mm-hmm. and everything else is this kind of elaborate way that we play this stuff out um you know whether it's like arguments in court or like the conversation that you're having with your neighbor or whatever like it's just window dressing on kind of like the survival fighting thing that we've been doing since we were you know not even human right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so and i i i i I try to explain this uh at times where it's i don't know i don't think i'm very successful at it but I mean, it's, that's where we came from. Right? Yeah. Say. It, it, it's already innate in us, but, and the consequences of letting that out over time and, you know, depending on, you know, the, the context of it, I mean, you, going from schoolyard brawls, you know, scuffles to like war, <laughs> you will know? see like, okay, there are, there are some consequences. There's definitely some downsides to letting kind of the thing that, that we, we have inside us out. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be suppressed. And I think a lot of a lot of what we see now is is about that. It's like just even when I was growing up, like I said, like you know, fighting was a bad thing. Don't right. let it out. Like just to den- or uh, if at the best, d- you know, just forget that it's there. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, deny that it's there and just fall in line with right uh, what's supposed to be nice and and just you know 
even keel in in society and and hanging out which there's no nothing wrong with that but ultimately there's there's something inside us right right yeah yeah, yeah. and you know, I was talking to um, my best friend of the day he's coaching um, kids and teaching them to box and he was saying that uh, apparently now kids don't really get in schoolyard fights in part because they're always like on their phones or on the internet all the time right and they are like bullying each other like via the internet and across the country and he was saying that they sort of just don't like they're losing something by not interacting with people even in that way like you think of people losing sort of uh, like the flip side of it right the, the, the warmth of human interaction but they're also losing something by not by like off offloading all of the bad stuff to this sort of virtual world and not just like you get in a fight and it's done with, you know? Um, and so like teaching them to fight is really like, he, he's put it as teaching them to fight is like actually making them more sensitive and better able to interact with people. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is totally accurate, but really interesting. Yeah. I know one of the things that I, I found, it was very surprising to me. Um, I, I, in my morning class uh, that I teach, the, uh, a few women are in there. They're, they're mothers. They're, they they got careers and things like that themselves, you know. Um, but one of the things I noticed about them, particularly when you know, uh, when we spar with them, or really I, I just I see them sparring, is this this toughness mm-hmm. there. And and I know I know a little bit about their backgrounds and how they are and stuff. And you know, just just getting to know them over years, it's like that's something they. They, I think they had to cultivate in themselves mm-hmm. even more so that it, you know, it, it, it's something that they're, they're proud of. Okay. Well, it's time. It's time for me to get tough. Let me and turn it on in here. Right. Yeah. But then it, which it, it can absolutely, it has absolutely served them. But then there are, there's the other part of it. Do you, you know, you're talking about as far as sensitivity It's like, listen, you know, there's the other side of that as well that you really have to allow in, mm-hmm. which is not just, okay, put on the armor, but like, having that sensitivity, being, uh, allowing yourself to feel in the right, environment yeah. as well, that could still serve you. Right. Yeah. It's like, like fighting is not about just like being angry and tough all the time. And people think that it's sort of like, oh, you're just mad and you're going to beat the crap out of someone. And that's like, not at all what it's about. Like you have to, like you do have to feel those things and you also have to think in the midst of it. And also that, there's that thing about, you know how fighters always hug each other, right? After, after fights are almost always, I mean, there's always the exception, but like you will see pro fighters after like big, nasty, ugly fights. Like as soon as the bell rings, they hug, right? And the same with when you're done with sparring, it's like, you have to have both sides of it. And like I said, you know, your sparring partners are the ones who will, God forbid, like call 911 if you need to. And they are the ones who are going to like mop the blood up and all that kind of stuff. Like I remember sort of realizing that there was a moment when I was sparring at the gym and I got a bloody nose and I didn't even realize it. Like I was just in the middle of it and, and I got out and this guy, there was this guy who I had seen at the gym. It like, and he was like, Oh, you're bleeding. And I was like, and he was like, let me go. And he went and, you know, got like Kleenex toilet paper or whatever. And he didn't uh, didn't unglove me. Like instead of taking my gloves off, he like wiped the blood off of my face himself. You know, which is such a small thing, but there's this weird kind of like physical intimacy in fighting sports. I think and in in gyms that you just sort of don't get in other places. Um, or even I was reading an article. Someone some woman had written this piece about taking like a class on bags. Right, she'd never boxed before. And she wrote about how it was frustrating that she couldn't get water for herself because she was gloved up and she couldn't pick up her water bottle. And as I was reading it, I thought, 
that's right. Except it's never occurred to me because when you're in the actual fighting gym, everyone is always just giving everyone water, right? Like, even if it's not your trainer or your sparring partner or whoever, it's like someone, whoever's got the water bottle in their hand will be like, oh, do you want some water? And squirt some in your mouth, like all the time. Um, or whoever will like tie your shoes for you. Um, there's this very sort of easy physical closeness that happens in those environments, which I think is unusual in the world we live in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's beautiful, right? It's, but like yeah. being able to find, and you see some you know, photographers, artists, you know, a lot of other contexts where, They'll, they'll, they can find the beauty in some of the thing that most people would shun or just kind of like turn their head at. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but I, I, I found that to be the case, you know, to your point, especially in the, in the ring. Yeah. It's it, 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 for me, like the thing that's most touching is when I, I see it of um, children doing it. So you go mm-hmm. like, uh, I shared an example. I went and uh, brought my two girls uh, that are training right now to, a tournament and it wasn't even their match i saw somebody uh another uh another child about their age in the match and he was dominating this other mm-hmm. kid and but he kicked him and i don't think it was i don't know if it was like he was the, he injured the the kid but maybe he just also was balanced a little bit but he picked he he went over he picked up the kid he's like, hey are you okay come on up you know and i, yeah. I almost lost it there but i was like right. that's that's the side that um because the highlight reel is the knockout. Right. The highlight reel is the winning shot, right? But uh, there's very seldomly will we see the things where, like, you can see that humanity in, in people come out. Right. Yeah. But I think it really does come out um, in fighting sports. It, again, yeah, it's not on the highlight reel. But I think when you're in the gym day in and day out, you really do see that. Um, you know, you, you see the people who you know, stay at the gym late just to watch you spar or who will like, you know, wipe the sweat out of your eyes or fix your hair for you. Um, or, you know, loan you their gear if yours is gone missing or all that kind of stuff, you know, um, we'll take care of things for you. Um, and that happens all the time. And I think it happens more in fighting sports than in other gyms and in other sports, right? I think people really take care of each other in fighting sports in a way they don't, um, frankly, like kind of in the world in general. (laughs) Yeah, I, I have this um this kind of idea of um and I can't remember when I wrote it a couple of years ago, uh, the uh, concept of love your opponent. Yeah, you know, because it's like um, they're in there doing the exact same thing that that you're doing, you know, and there's a, there's a level of respect that right. comes with that, right? It's like, oh my gosh, you know, thank you for right. helping me, you know, and thank me, thank you for allowing me to to help you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, you don't get to do it without them and vice versa, right? Like you need each other in order to be able to get to do this thing that you both love to do. And, um, and you have this huge thing in common, right? I mean, I think everyone can appreciate the idea that you build bonds through like, hard work and suffering, like anything that you suffer, anyone you suffer with, you have a bond with, you know, whether it is like, uh, you know, people who go through like medical residency together or whatever, or people who like go through natural disasters together or, uh, or fighting, um, you build bonds much more quickly and much more powerfully when you suffer with someone. Right. Mm. Um, and I think the, the, the gym is a, a like fighting sports are a way to do that. Um, you know, with, without having to like suffer through a terrible natural disaster or whatever. <laughs> Although, I mean, I, I thought about this, uh, during hurricane Katrina. Cause like I said, I was in new Orleans for Katrina and which was awful in many ways. Uh, but one thing that was fascinating about it 
was that once people started filtering back into the city, because, you know, we couldn't, we were kicked out for like six weeks. Once people started filtering back, you all of a sudden had so much in common with everybody in the city. Mm. Like you all had this massive shared experience uh, with an entire city of people. Uh, and it was a really powerful and interesting thing. Like you'd be, you know, waiting in line at a bar to use the bathroom and have this conversation with someone like, oh, where'd you evacuate to? Have you gotten rid of your refrigerator yet? Like that kind of thing. You just had this tremendous reservoir of conversation and sympathy. Um, so I think it's kind of like that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what is your focus these days when it comes to boxing and the things around there? I mean, you, you mentioned a book earlier, but even, you know, in addition to that, what, what, you know, when, when you, you talk to people about boxing, or you have it in your head, is there something that's pulling you forward now or you're, is there a focus point for you? Uh, I mean, I am trying to fight as much as I can this year because I'm 39. So next year I will be too old to fight regular amateur and I'll have to fight masters. Um, so I'm trying to get a few more fights in this year. Um, and then really it's just like learning as much as I can and just kind of like getting better, you know, day by day. Um, that's really kind of it. It's just really simple um, and not a big giant goal, but it's just like every day showing up at the gym and working on whatever my coach says I need to work on, which is a lot, <laughs> uh, you know, and like trying to to keep whatever that is in mind and uh you know hopefully take a step forward every day it's that simple mm-hmm. so, and then i mean secondary that also is like you said i'm kind of paying it forward to the extent that i can so you know like working with whoever is below me behind me um just like telling people like yeah you can do this uh because people do have those moments of doubt which i did too like do i fit here am i allowed in this space that doesn't seem like the space for whatever kind of person i am um and so being like yeah no it's like you all you have to do is show up like and and work hard that's it uh you know you don't have to you know you don't have to have started this when you were five years old you don't have to have some like hard luck mike tyson story like all you got to do is show up and take a punch and punch somebody back mm. um just thing people don't realize you know like, yeah, I, I like what you said there. Like, you don't need to have that kind of that story. And I think you, you alluded to it earlier, particularly when, when it came to um, your marriage, right? Where it's like, well, it wasn't physically abusing me, but it didn't ask, but I, I, it was okay that I was just unhappy and I wanted to do something about my unhappiness. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to kind of like build whatever life you want to build. Um, and so, yeah, it's okay to show up at the boxing gym and say, yeah, I want to fight no matter who you are. It's okay to kind of, you know, change your career path, change your relationships. If that's what you want to do and you're not, you know, like barring, like don't murder anybody. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, like you have way more leeway than I think people tend to think that they have. Um, sort of across the board. Uh, and I think people have this really narrow view of who is a fighter and who can go show up at a boxing gym or a fighting gym and who can get in the ring and what kind of person that is. And it's like, no, like anybody can do it. You just have to do it. <laughs> but there's no rule that says you have to be XYZ kind of person in order to do it. Right. You can be a blonde white girl from New Hampshire who went to boarding school and, you know, Go thug it out in the ring, <laughs> you know. Well, I think I think that's powerful in that because we're brought up, and I think this is one of the things that I'm 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 trying to be very cognizant of, particularly with four daughters there. And I is is I remember 
seeing just what they came with in, in, into this world, right? Just like this curiosity and just like, wow, cre- creativity and all that. Um, and it's, a, it's the, the balance of like, well, bringing them into like the world now mm-hmm. uh, where it's not saying now, but just this world in general, you know, at any yeah. time where it's like, well, this is how it works here. But I'm trying to be very careful not to crush right what what they came in with you know what I mean yeah no and I think it's a tough balance right it's like you don't want to sort of tell them like oh you can do anything and like everything's going to be fine always because obviously that's not true like would that it were but it's not but yeah you want to uh you know let them know that it's okay to try things and it's okay to go sort of go off script and um, I think it's a balance of like building that foundation of knowing that you're not an idiot, and in fact, not being an idiot, but also being willing to sort of take some risk. And, you know, like to my parents' credit, they were always very much, you can kind of do whatever you want within reason, like don't be an idiot, but um, like, you know, get an education, be able to support yourself, but you can do anything you want. And, um, and you know, like my dad was not happy with the boxing when I started mm. <laughs> and now has gotten totally on board and is like totally fine with it and bought me new headgear for Christmas and <laughs> been to wild card and sort of like, I watched me spar once and was like, I think that other girl was better than you. And I was like, thanks dad. <laughs> now, let me ask you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that that turnaround from, from your dad came? Well, I mean, I think that he obviously, like, you know, he didn't want me to get hurt. He's got no experience in fighting sports. He's super athletic, but um, not a fighting sports person, has never really, never even watched fighting sports, never been a fighter himself. And so, like, what he said to me initially was, you make your living with your eyes and your brain. What is wrong with you? Mm. Which is not wrong, right? Um, It's not crazy. Um, and I think that it was really two things. Um, first of all, once he saw how much I loved it and how much of a change it made in my life, I think that that was the big thing. And then, but it took a while. Um, there was a, an adjustment period, you know, at first he was like, okay, I have to stop just giving her a hard time about this. I'm not getting on board, but I need to stop directly telling her to stop. (laughs) And so he started sending me newspaper clippings about like football players with concussions and just being like, FYI, I thought you might be interested for no real reason. (laughs) about the study about head trauma in football players. <laughs> he sent me like a whole bunch of those articles. And then finally, uh, he sort of realized that it was not going away. And then also, frankly, a couple of his friends sat him down and they were like, look, either you're going to have a real ugly fight with Vanessa or you can get on this train because this train is clearly like, not stopping. And then, yeah. And then also once he met sort of the crew, because he's back in New Hampshire. And so he hadn't met the people. And so I think in his head, he was just, again, sort of like, oh, like you're in a, boxing gym and a bunch of guys are hitting you in the face like what and once he sort of met all of the people and saw how great the gym was and what a great environment the gym is and how people really do take care of each other I think that made a big difference too you know like as uh my best friend Zach was like teaching him how to throw a jab at Christmas dinner you know three years ago (laughs) which I have video of but it's amazing I think that was kind of uh, a big thing for him to realize like, Oh, these people actually are taking care of her. You know, like these relationships really are, are real and are valuable. Um, you know, cause that's, I think all any parent wants, right. Or one of the things parents want is for, to know that other people care about their kids. Right. And are looking out for them. Right. I mean, I'm, you can tell me whether or not that's accurate, but I think that's a big thing for parents, right. To feel like their kid is not sort of like alone in the world, even if they're not there. Right. Absolutely. Especially in those, those times where, they know that there's going to be, I know that there's going to be challenging moments. 
right? Right. That that they'll they'll be someone there to kind of help them through that process, as opposed to just like, oh, just get over it. Kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. But that that then that and that requires good people, quite frankly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think knowing that there were good people there made a big difference to him. Um, and so yeah, now he's fully on board. <laughs> yeah, because I know that's, that's a big deal. I mean, we talked about like kind of the, just kind of even the internal struggles, the internal. And this is what is uh, uh, why I brought it up earlier is like you know like for for my girls to think of like well if if my dad is show, saying okay well there's rules about this there's rules about that in these contexts that must be, mean that there's rules around everything so even getting into boxing there's a rule for me to I have to have come from a bad uh, upbringing right like, or even like uh, you know like, even when you're saying like as far as getting out, uh, out of a, a marriage that you're unhappy with you know the, the rule is not that you have to have been physically abused to get out of a, uh, an unhappy marriage, right? But then, so that's, that's like kind of like internal rules and, and that type of thing and like the things we struggle internally to do what we want to do. But then there's the external stuff, which like parents, like people maybe, I don't even know if you if you got that in your office of like, whoa, you're really taking this on now, Vanessa. Like, oh, yeah. Big, big, yeah. You know? No, I definitely did. Remarks, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, I definitely had, I, you know, particularly when I started showing up at work with, you know, bruises on my face and stuff like that. Like, I got a lot of looks and a lot of questions about like, what is happening in your life? Like, what is, what are you doing? Like, why are you always beat up? Um, yeah, for sure. And like you said, like the world does impose these rules on us, whether it's like people in your office saying, why, why are you beat up? This is not appropriate. <laughs> or like sort of like fight club moments. Like, is that your blood? Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, I mean, to go back to the divorce context, right? Like the state of California makes it really expensive and really difficult to get out of a marriage. Like it is not easy and it is not cheap. Um, and I kept being like, why does the state of California want me to stay in a bad relationship? Like, why are they making this so hard? <laughs> But it does require some real effort to get over those hurdles, uh, you know, and to know that you you can break those rules, but you've got to put some work into it. And like people are going to try to, to constrain you and keep you in those boxes. <laughs> so how did it end up with work? It was it such that they just like, OK, well, they got used to it or did you have a talking to or did you like what was how did that play out? <laughs> Um, so, uh, um, I worked in a pretty big office, uh, it was not my current job, it was my previous job. And so, um, sort of like the knowledge that I was fighting and sort of like filtered out slowly. And there was the guy who was the partner in charge of the office was on my floor and was someone that I knew pretty well and was friendly with. And so he knew, um, and then there was a guy who was like on the executive committee, um, who did not know. And I kept running into him when I was just beat to hell. And so finally I went to the partner of the office and I was like, look, Chris, you have got to call this guy and like, tell him that I am not, you know, like getting in street fights or being abused. A by a or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, like you, you've got to like, I, I can feel his look and you got to manage this for me, please. <laughs> Which he did. And it was fine. And then my current job, I had already been boxing when I started this job. And so it was like on my resume when I interviewed and everyone is fully on board. Like it's all anyone asks about me, like in the elevator, people ask everyone else about what cases you're working on. And they ask me like, I got any fights coming up. (laughs) Fine by me. So they're fully on board. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Like, and I was going to ask you, I was like kind of coming full circle to the way that you were introduced to this whole thing as well. It's like, now you've got it on your resume. (laughs) Like, well, wait a minute. Right. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it definitely is like, it's on my interests. I've got my, my record on my resume, um, which hopefully I won't need to use for a while, but, um, but yeah, you know, and it is the, I, I can't stop talking about it. It's like the first thing anyone knows about me. <laughs> sure, sure. sure. But it, now I, I can only imagine like, you know, somebody seeing that and it's like, okay, well maybe let's, let's try out this heavy bag class. kind of thing, you know, I just, I mean, hopefully yeah. like yeah. totally. And actually I put a boxing gym in my house. Mm. <laughs> I've definitely had friends come over and been like, I mean, I am not qualified to actually teach anybody to fight, obviously. We're like, yo, come over. I'll show you, like, I'll show you how to throw a one-two. I'll show you how to wrap your hands. You can mess around with the bags in my house. Um, Like, I did it with my cousin, a couple of other friends. um, And, you know, we had a fun time just, like, messing around with the bags. And they got to try it out, see what it feels like to put on a pair of gloves and throw a punch in a heavy bag or a double-end bag or whatever. So, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) This this was amazing. Really uh, appreciate you. uh taking this time to chat and share uh, so much about, again, uh, this is a big deal for me because I, I want to see more, two things, more of a conversation about not just the the flashy physical stuff, you know, the drama around fighting, that type of thing, you know, the thing that like makes people kind of turn, but, you know, it's kind of show like the other side of it. Right. But the, the second thing is... Um, is having more women, having more role models for, for women and girls. Like this yeah. is something that you can do. This is, it's not just a male thing in terms of like fighting, you know, in that, in that kind of sense. And we talk about fight or flight all the time. I mean, teach self-defense classes and, you know, that's one of the big things, but it's one of the few things that are really talked about like outside of the, you know, that hour and a half context of like you, you, you can fight, you have it inside you already. That's just right. directing it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's. Yeah. And I think for, especially for women, I think sports are so huge for women in particular, because, you know, frankly, the way that like society treats women's bodies, right. Mm-hmm. As like instruments for everybody else and not for yourself, mm-hmm. um, whether it's for appearance or to have kids and that's it or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to get political, but you know, there, there are a lot of other demands on women's bodies. And so to be able to do something with your body that is, for yourself and that is fully within your control, I think is really powerful. And I think that is not even just fighting sports, but sports in general. Uh, to do something that is not about how your body looks, it's not about what it can do for somebody else, um, is, an, is a great feeling. And it's really important for women and girls to experience and to know is out there. Um, and, you know, like I said, sports were super important to me. Even in high school, sports were kind of like where I found my identity um, and changed my life then too. When I found rowing, it totally changed my world. Um, it made such a difference to me. So I think it's really important for girls to have some kind of athletic experience. Vanessa, uh, it's great. I think that, um, you know, the people that find themselves to this are going to probably want to get more of you. Where could they do that? Um, so, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm at V Adrian's, uh, V A D R I A N C E. Um, like I said, I'm also working on this book, um, which I have just sent a revision to my agent. So hopefully that'll be out. I mean, there's a lot of things to happen, but I'm hoping to get that published in the next couple of years. So it's a long timeline. I've also written a couple of articles that went up on Puncher Media. Uh, it's punchermedia.com. And I wrote one article about, um, sort of my, experience getting into boxing and then one about the last tournament I fought uh, in Atlanta, which was an all women's tournament, which was fantastic. Um, so those places too. And I'm on Facebook as well. <laughs> Vanessa Adrians, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Folks, I hope you appreciated that chat with Vanessa. As I mentioned, she is very enthusiastic uh, about boxing, but 
Now, rightfully so, because it has changed her life so much for the positive, and um, she's a great advocate for the sport, and I'm glad that I was able to share her story with you. That's it for today's episode. This is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast. Talk to you next time.